Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. I hear some people talking here in Montreal, there's Habs Nation or in hockey and maybe in your city, there's Leafs Nation. There is Leafs Nation. There is Leafs Nation. I've heard that a lot. I I can deal with those, but like the who that nation, like that that I can't get my head around. It's the who that part that bothers me. (laughs) Any fan base has become a nation. Yeah. Do they elect a president? Like what's the story? they probably do. They have do. A, do they have a constitution? They probably do. Like, it's, I, I, there's a lot of questions around the, the nation of fandom. But anyways, I just wish it would stop, honestly. I really just wish it would stop. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. I'm Josh in Toronto. And I'm Skip in Montreal. In today's episode, we talk about fathers interfering with their sons' careers. What NHL teams should do with the trade deadline. And some proposed MLB rule changes. But first, let's review Super Bowl 53. Okay, Skip, it's been a long time since we've recorded. We took a week off because, you know, we're allowed to have vacation also. It's because the Super Bowl was so exciting it knocked us out for a week. Actually, that's quite the opposite. It was so boring that it put me to sleep (laughs) is what happened. Yes. Um, Oh, so we're going to talk about the Super Bowl today, even though it's so old news. Usually you start with whatever's on your mind. So I didn't know what you want to talk about. We do not have to go with the Super Bowl first. Like you said, it's old news. Well, you know what? Let's get it over with. All right. You can go first. The National Football League. How did you like the game? I didn't like the game. Well, I know you didn't like the game because of the results. You were not. I know you were. We spoke after and texted after. You were so mad that the Patriots won. And, And not only that, it was like I was almost sleeping. Well, it wasn't a game. it wasn't a very exciting game. Obviously, the lowest scoring game in the history of all Super Bowls. Yeah, and this after a season where scoring was up for I think every single team. It's unreal. The, um, it's unreal. The points that were scored this year, the touchdowns, the offense, and then we get this game in the Super Bowl. It was it was bizarre. No, it was bizarre is one way to describe it. Yes. Do you want me to get into like X's and O's or? I mean, I have so many thoughts about the game. So but... you better go first, then. You tell me yeah. your thoughts about the game first. It was over before it started. It was over on the first play of the game. You, I don't... How do you figure that? It was tied, at, like, in the third quarter. How could you say that? Do you remember the first play of the game? I actually, the I actually don't remember the first play of the game because I missed the first drive uh, of the okay. game. Okay. I missed it completely. So the Patriots ran a handoff. Yeah. And they lined up with a fullback, their guy Devlin, as the fullback. And the only other time that guy was in the game was when they were at the goal line for the one play they had at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they didn't use this formation. Okay. Right? So first play of the game, they bring in their fullback. They do a run. Domicon Sue is completely exposed. <laughs> they, 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 they knew it's like he, they let him come in and the fullback blocked him and the running back, uh, Michelle, went for a big gain. And that said everything you need to know about the game. The Patriots knew exactly what the Rams were going to do. <laughs> They knew exactly what they were going to do the whole game. And the Rams had no clue what the Patriots were going to do. And that sums up sort of like why the Patriots were able to win. Okay. Like that, the, to me, the first play, it's like, it shows everything you needed to know about what the, where the coaching staff was at. All right. Know? Okay. Well, yeah. that's, listen, you know more about football than I do. And I didn't even see the first uh, drive of the well, game. I mean, so continue. Uh, the, the thing that baffles everybody is like the use of Gurley. I just still don't get it. Nobody knows. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? What's going on? But like, I mean, this guy's their best player. He's the guy that their whole offense revolves around. I've told you since like week three, I've t- since we've been talking about the Rams, however long we've been talking about the Rams, I told you Goff's only as good as Gurley is. And that's what happened. 
right? Yeah, that is what happened. The thing that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to go into specific X's and O's, but yeah. w- what bugs me about not the game so much, about what everyone said after the game and has been right. saying for a week now, uh, you know, how amazing the Patriots are. And yes, it's amazing that they've won six Super Bowls and in the span of time that they've done it. And it's, you know, you'll never see this again with a coach, uh, quarterback combination, whatever. Yeah. But but no one has said, at least I haven't heard anyone say, that the Ram just played like they They were terrible. No one has said I, that. I, I, like, okay, you want to give credit to the team that won, yeah. I get it. But like, yeah. you have to place blame on the team that lost because that wasn't the same Rams team that played all season long. No, because where was Dom Kansu? Where was Aaron Donald? He was invisible. Goff was useless. None of the receivers could do anything. Cooks was the only one that sort of showed up. He still dropped one in the end zone that two. actually could have two. Like, yeah, one was I, I say two. You say two, but one was like really catchable, and and that was that. You know, like when your superstars don't play, come to play, you can't beat the Patriots. The Patriots are just too good. So I'm obviously not a head coach. I'm not an offensive yeah. coordinator. Um, but what I noticed in the first half and even into the third quarter, the Rams, for some reason, were insisting on running the ball. They, they were, the it looked like they were afraid to throw the ball. However, yeah. if you've noticed, if you did notice, I should say the times, the few times that they did throw the ball, they actually had some success. They, they did a little bit. They, they, it looked, every time they looked like they were going to move the ball, like they would make a pass, they'd move, they get like well, I, I should say they got a couple first downs. They they didn't because they did no, they but they actually did get a few first downs, <laughs> only near the end because they only had one first down in the whole first half. So no, I'm talking about clear. the second half. Yeah, when yeah. they threw the ball, they started to have some success, and then I don't know what happened, but they went back to the run. And yeah. why didn't they it just wasn't stay? Working. Why didn't they just stay with the passing game? I get it. You can't throw the ball every time because then the defense yeah. is going to know what you're doing. I get that. Yeah, but yeah. I found that they. They looked like they were scared. It looked like they were afraid to they throw were. the ball. I don't know if it was Goff or McVeigh or both, or I don't know what it was. I think the spotlight just got to everybody, including McVeigh, right? The 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 the, the, um, gl- the huge game, the impact of the game, you know, the Super Bowl, the the spotlight on them. I think it. They just. I think they all kind of froze. And the the thing that boggles my mind is that like. The Rams are like one of the best screening teams in the year. Like Gurley catches so many balls, right? The Patriots had so much pressure on Goff. Goff was beat up, right? I mean, he would he took a pounding in that game. Mm-hmm. And like all you have to do is mix in a couple little screen passes. That gets the blitz totally off balance, right? And that's their bread and butter anyways. And they didn't do it. It's like it's as if McVeigh was like, yeah, I'm smarter than everybody. I'm the smartest guy in the room. And everybody thinks they know what we're going to do, and I'm going to do the opposite, which is what Belichick does because he is the smartest guy in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And McVeigh's not there yet, you know? Like, you you, you know, what's the oldest saying in sports? Like, you got to go with what got you there, mm-hmm. right? And and the, the Rams completely just threw out everything that they made them successful in the season and just said, we're going to do something else. And, and, like, it just didn't work, you know? So I got really nothing else to talk about the game, but I do want to talk about some of the commercials, if if that's okay. Sure, I want. I also wanted to talk about the halftime show. Okay, so let's do the halftime show first. Before we get to the extracurriculars of the Super Bowl, we always, always, one theme of this show is that we like to throw in expo references whenever possible. 
Okay, yes, but I didn't yeah. see any during the game. Did I miss yes, something? Yes, there's a huge one. There's a huge one. What? Tom Brady, you know, was drafted by the Expos. Yes, okay. Yeah? I remember And Jared that. Goff's father played for the Expos. Oh, I Jerry knew Goff. Was a, I, I didn't know that was his dad. Yeah. I had no idea. So, Brady was drafted as a catcher, and Goff's dad was a catcher. Well, I knew that Brady was drafted, but I didn't know that that Goff on the Expos was, was Jared's yeah. dad. That's so yeah. interesting. So there's a little, there's a little, uh, did they mention factoid. that on the broadcast? Of course not. No, but I saw it all over Twitter in the lead up of the week. Like, oh, it was, it was common knowledge, but no, they didn't mention it during the broadcast. They should have. So what were your favorite commercials? Okay. So my favorite, my absolute favorite commercial and yes, by far my favorite commercial was the, um, the Jason Bateman commercial for Hyundai. It was okay. That was my favorite one. And that was like the first one that I actually saw. I don't he know. Was if it in the was... elevator. Is this the one going yes, down yes, all, yes. all the floors of all the things that everybody hates doing? Yes, and yes. Things that make you uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. You didn't like the T Mobile commercials with the texting? I have that on my list. The T Mobile commercials were also good, but not that was as good my... as the Jason Bateman. That was a memorable one for me. The rest, I mean, there's it's like pretty much all beer commercials and car commercials. Yeah, I didn't care for any of those. I did actually like the Michael Bublé commercial. Yeah, that was funny, actually. And I saw that drink in a store yesterday, and I was like, hey, bubbly, or do I call it Bublé? <laughs> and the other one I liked, I don't even... <coughs> the other one I liked, I don't even remember what it was for. That's um, the problem with these commercials, is that the commercials are good, but you don't even know what they're advertising. It's true. So I think it was like for some sort of mortgage thing or something or other. Yeah. Um, where this, first of all, this woman's getting a haircut and the hairstylist says what he's going to do, but it's like he says it in his own weird way and she doesn't understand. So this dude explains to her in, in regular English words what yeah. he's going to do. And then yeah. this other guy's at a restaurant and he's reading a menu and he reads what the description is of the item and it's so confusing. And then again, this guy explains to him in regular English what that is. It's like a burrito. You know, they mm. just try to make it sound really fancy. Um, I did not even, I don't have no recollection of this commercial. At I all. think it was for some sort of mortgage app or something or other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it was, it I was didn't a, love the commercials, but you, like... you sent me, you sent me an interesting article the day before the Super Bowl. Yes. That I had no idea about and then mm -hmm. that I had no idea about. I know that's, that, that's another thing I wanted to mention. So uh, the last, I think this is the third year in a row now that in Canada, we've been able to see the American commercials, which is quite a big deal because before that we never could. And then, and then I find out that this is probably the last time we're going to get to see the American commercials in Canada. And, and the reason why is completely stunning to me. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the link that I sent you, it's yeah. a, it's a whole article about, um, you know, the link is very long and the, the story is very long, I should say the article and, and it goes on and on in detail about all kinds of stuff, but yeah. There is the one little part about this part, right? About right. the commercials. And I, I have an excerpt from it and I'll, I'll read it. About a year ago, sure. Robert Kraft called Donald Trump for a favor. And then right. it goes on to say how, in, because this is a story written in an American newspaper. Um, and it goes on to say how, you know, in Canada, we normally don't get to see the American commercials. So the favor that um, Robert Kraft wanted was to make sure that... Um, in Canada, we had to restore the rule mandating Canadian ads even when we watch on an American channel. 
Like mm-hmm. the fact that an owner in the NFL is talking about this to the president of the United States and that it actually is even a, a topic of conversation, it, I'm flabbergasted because don't they have Not, more important things to talk about than the commercials well, that we get to see? The article goes on to say that the reason why is because they can charge the Canadian broadcasters more if the Canadian broadcasters, um, the Canadian networks have to show the Canadian commercials because then the Canadian broadcasters can charge for those commercials where they here they have a tougher time you know charging big rates for commercials that have you know non-canadian advertisers but exactly the 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 the, the next part is more stunning is that not only did he ask for the favor he came through he came through (laughs) and so and so trump says here moved it moved the issue to the top of his list of demands when um when american and canadian officials met to renegotiate the trade agreement Right. And so now apparently it's part of the new NAFTA agreement, which I know isn't called NAFTA anymore. But I forget what it's called. Yeah. So now it's part of that, which I think yeah. is, it's kind of comical actually. And the only reason why we still got the commercials this year is because while the, the both sides did agree on the new trade agreement, it hasn't been signed yet in like the parliament or the Congress. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next year. We'll see. Apparently Super Bowl commercials is a big deal. Apparently, but you know what? As you said, they weren't so great. Nah, it's like whatever. We're we're in the era of like on demand YouTube and everything. Like you can get all those commercials right after you know. It took me an hour out, right after the game ends. You it have took like, me like all a, the over an hour to watch all the commercials back to back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> it is fun watching them during the game, but I mean, whatever. You know, it's not gonna. Uh, it's not. It's not a make or break. You're still gonna watch the Super Bowl. You know, right, right. Where did you watch the game? I watched at my buddy's house, who has you know the multiple screens in his basement, yeah. which is great yeah. on a regular Sunday when there's you know eight games going on at the same time. Yeah, but when Here, there's only one, one game, game and no other sporting events going on, the other screens were dark. Right, right. <laughs> Where did you watch? <laughs> I watched at a friend's house. We had like uh, you know uh, fathers and sons type of event, That's which cool. was good. Yeah, so like the four dads and the four four sons, all the sons are eighteen plus. So like the kids were able to drink beer if they wanted. Some did. Wow, that's <laughs> insane! I can't imagine yeah. your kid drinking beer. Yeah, through so all our American listeners, drinking age in Canada is eighteen. Actually, not in all of Canada, only in Quebec. No, that's true. In Ontario, it's nineteen, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 So, how did you feel about the halftime show? I didn't really pay much attention to it, to be honest. I mean, I'm not really a fan of, of those artists. And I recognized a lot more of the songs than I thought I would. I'm like, oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. Maroon 5 sings that. And I yeah, didn't know they Maroon have a 5 million, sings that. They have a million songs. Yeah. They have a million songs. Yeah. Um, but uh, but what, I, what I thought was funny is, so, so Big Boy was part of the... Um, Big Bois. Right, exactly. This is my point. <laughs> so, so he's called Big Boy. And then I saw his name written on the screen or something, or I don't know where. And yeah. I'm like, and I didn't know, like, that says Big Bois. Like, that's honestly how I thought it's pronounced. Well, as a, as a Canadian who knows French, that's how you would pronounce that word. Right. right? B-O-I, right? And then even on, on the Tony Kornheiser show, he yeah. referred to it as Big Bois as well. Um, now, my wife referred to him as Big Fur. Well, because he was wearing a fur coat? <laughs> yeah, she liked his fur coat. But I mean... Yeah, why can't you just spell your name B O Y like Big They're Boy try- if that's what you want to be called? They like to they like to change it up by like changing the spelling or throwing in like a dollar sign, 
you know? Yeah, right. Okay. So anyway, so I, I honestly thought it was Big Bois until until I, you know, heard someone say it the other way. It's too funny. So I guess that means I guess that means I'm old. For me, the thing about the halftime show that just boggled my mind is the reaction on social media and the next day, how everybody says it was awful and like it's Maroon Five. That's what it is, and it's like you know, like what is, what is your expectation about what the Super Bowl halftime show is supposed to be? You know, like it just boggled my mind, like that the reaction was so strong. You know, the thing that 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 like I was a little perplexed about is there's there's a huge double standard for for well, I mean in society anyways, but yeah. like everybody freaks out when Janet Jackson shows a nipple for one millisecond, mm-hmm. yet here we have Adam Levine completely shirtless. <laughs> Right? Like, okay. <laughs> but you really couldn't see his chest because it was full of tattoos anyway. And a huge California tattooed right on his stomach. Is that where he's from? I guess. But you must really have a love for your home state if you have that tattooed right across your belly. Imagine I tattooed, like, Quebec on my chest and then went on stage and did a concert. <laughs> he would look awesome. Yeah, I think so. All right. So I think, um, to use your terminology, mm-hmm. we're gonna, we've just put a bow on the NFL season. Is it my terminology? I've only ever heard you say that. It's funny because I think you say it more than I do. (laughs) So that's the end of the NFL season. It actually changes our podcast recording schedule drastically because the NFL is the only sport where we feel like um, a kind of, not pressure, but like we feel like we have to keep the schedule because we either have to talk about the games each week or what's going to happen. So like the, the podcasting schedule sort of revolves around the NFL a little bit too much. So now we're just going to be like free flow. No. Well, normally I would agree with you. Yes, we can just record whenever we want, but let me throw a wrench into that. Yeah. Because today is the first day of the Alliance of American football. (laughs) Oh, big deal. Right. There's eight teams in the league. The season starts today with four games. Yeah. Where can you watch these? I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> okay that doesn't help me i mean in the states you can get it on cbs i don't know where are the teams are they american teams european what's well, they're the all they're all in the united states uh-huh. um and i think they're all in warm climates because the season only starts in february so you can't really play you know yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah actually you can you. watch it on cbs there's a there's a game tonight at eight o'clock on cbs i won't i won't be watching the uh there's an arizona team an atlanta team Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando, Salt Lake, San Antonio, and I think San Diego are the teams. Okay, good luck to the Alliance of American Football. I hope they're hope they're successful. I wish them nothing but the best. I won't be watching, but I hope they're successful. And then I think I don't know if it's next year that uh, the XFL starts over again. Yeah, he hate me. He's coming back. <laughs> I'll let you choose the next topic. Well, the next topic has to be baseball. Major League Baseball. I am so happy that you said you want to talk about baseball. I actually wanted to talk about it first. First of all, pitchers and catchers are reporting in a week, I think. It's only my it's like minus 10 here. The streets are literally undrivable. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous and yet pitchers and catchers are reporting. Well, they're not reporting to where you are though. No, but yeah. So, um first of all, the story came out this week about all these proposed new rules in baseball. Yes. And so I'm going to go try and go over each one and tell you which ones I like and, mm. and which ones I don't like. I've wrote, I've written down not all the rules. I have notes about all the, like the ones that caught my eye, you know, so. Okay. So here are, here are the proposed new rules. Mm-hmm. 
And we'll go over each one, one at a time. So a three batter minimum for pitchers. Uh, it's interesting that you started with this one. <laughs> well, it's only because this is the order that they have them in on this website. I don't mind it at all. I actually like it a lot. Yeah? Yeah, because it annoys me when a guy comes in to face a batter and then Throws one another pitch. guy comes in to face another batter and then another guy comes in to face another batter and you have like three pitching changes in one inning. It's so annoying. You, you think it's the end of like the lefty specialist? I don't know if, if it's necessarily the end. I mean, when we started watching baseball in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. they didn't do all this nonsense with changing pitchers three times in an inning. Not as much because statistics got more sophisticated and the, the managers have a lot more information about, you know, this batter can't hit against this pitcher. He sucks against him, right? Or this guy has success against a certain pitcher or this pitcher, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So like they have a lot of more information now, but... I mean, I think I'm okay with the guy must face uh, a pitcher must face a batter, uh, three batters. I, I think it's gonna as much as it's gonna sort of take away the lefty specialist. It's gonna bring new strategy because you're gonna you're not gonna stack your lineup with if you have like three big lefty hitters, you're not gonna put them all in a row. You're gonna stagger them, maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? To, to to like force a guy to have to face you know, a lefty or righty or whatever. Although, like, I know you feel, and and you are not wrong, the lefty-righty stuff is a lot overblown. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know? I mean, there are certain guys, there are certain left-handed batters that cannot hit left-handed pitchers, you know? If Curtis Granderson could hit, like, even remotely <laughs> against a left-handed pitcher, the guy would be a superstar, right? Like, he could have been a superstar. But, like, there's guys like that. They just can't hit against a certain side. Right. Know? But, like, a guy like Bryce Harper, you know, if a team yeah. brings in a lefty, you're not pinch hitting for Bryce Harper. No, no. It's Although, Bryce Harper isn't on any team right now. It's crazy that Machado and Harper are not signed. We talked about it so many times, and yeah. now pitchers and catchers are reporting, and they're still not signed. Bryce Harper should have just taken that first offer that he got from the Nationals in like October. We, we said it though. We said it though. They're not going to get the money they think. Yeah, I don't think they are. You're right. No. So anyway, okay. So back the to next, the rule. The changes. next rule again. These are proposed rule changes, um, yeah. and this one they've already said isn't going to happen this year. But having a designated hitter in the National League, and I actually hate this because I don't like the designated hitter at all. Okay. Well, look, I. I don't hate it as much as you say you hate it, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. I like the fact that the pitchers have to hit. So do I. I. Feel like I feel it's real baseball. Um, although we, you know, younger fans of baseball probably like it. I don't know. They they like the offense and like. To, I I heard an interesting commentary about this rule, and it's basically a bargaining chip for the the next CBA. That's what it. That's what this is. You know, the players are going to say, yes, you can have it. Yes, we'll have the DH in both leagues, but they want a concession when they're going to want some kind of concession when they're bargaining the next CBA. That's what this boils down to, unfortunately. You um, see, but this but, is what I this is what I don't get, because the players should want this rule because this actually helps the players. It helps the Players Association because it creates 15 yes, new hard- jobs in the National League that currently don't exist. So I don't see why I don't see why the I don't see why the league should have to concede something in order to have a designated hitter. If anything, they, they the players have. should right. have to concede something. <laughs> You're right. They shouldn't have to, but this is the way it is. And it's not new jobs, by the way. There's still the same amount of rosters, although you're going to get to a No, but point then but National League teams don't currently have a guy who just hits. But they have a guy in their roster that's doing something else. Right, but I mean, you would have a different type of guy because, like, some yes. guys who are designated hitters, they can't even, you know, they don't even know how to put on a baseball glove. 
you know, they, they can't, you can't put them at any defensive position. Yeah, the players want this because it's a higher paid position, right? The, the DHs make more money than a middle reliever, right? Yeah, so I mean, I don't see why the league would have to concede anything to, in order for this rule to to move forward. Because you know how the players are. Anytime the league's going to want to do something, the players are going to have the players are going to want to have their say. You know. Well, anyway, the, the thing, the thing, and I've said this before. I I don't like the designated hitter. I find that in the American League, managers barely even need to manage. Like mm-hmm. you could just show up on opening day, fill in your lineup card, and sit back and relax for the next five months. Because yeah. why why would you ever need to pinch hit for anybody when you have your best possible lineup already in there? And you don't have to worry like, oh, I, I don't want to uh, pinch hit for my pitcher because he's pitching a good game. Well, you don't have to worry about that in the American League. So there's far less strategy involved. I find a certain a certain beauty in the strategy. Like I, I love that about baseball. And the the pitcher having to hit is part of that. Like, I agree with you. Now, I got roasted on Twitter this week. You did. <laughs> because there was a thread about this topic and I wrote what we have articulated many times Mm -hmm. in that every single pitcher in the major leagues and I'm not and I'm saying every single one Mm -hmm. played shortstop or center field and batted third or fourth in their lineup on their high school team every single one of them knew how to hit at one point yeah so when they were 18 they knew how to hit and then when they're 22 they hit they can't they they can't hit at all so like that just boggles my mind and i got ripped people were ripping me who, who and like it, you well it's because it's like it's misunderstood like in 140 characters and 280 characters you can't always get your point across so people were like do you understand pitching is hard do you understand major league pitching is really difficult and the guys can't hit i'm like you're not you're missing the people i didn't even respond because you can't get into an argument on social media you mm-hmm. can't you're never going to get your point but like you know my point is like these guys knew how to hit if they just continued to practice hitting they could hit mm-hmm. right and, and the proof of it is there are guys like madison bumgartner you know like yeah. that can hit you know like it's not impossible right just just take some pride in that part of your game you know you don't have to hit 300 but you don't also don't have to hit 097 right i i agree i i you know what these people who ripped you on twitter they need to figure out how to follow <laughs> again baseball. again it's a lot of stuff on twitter is out of context anyways let's continue to the uh, okay the, the next, next one is the next one is a 20 second pitch clock now first of all let me just say that i love this rule number one and number two, I was at games last year, and I'm pretty sure I saw a pitch clock last year. So I don't understand how this is new. There was a pitch clock last year. I definitely saw it in Major League Parks the last two years. I don't know if it was 20 seconds, and I don't know. I think it was, I don't think, obviously it wasn't enforced. Obviously it wasn't enforced because you never saw, I never saw once in any game a manager, uh, an umpire coming out to the mound saying, hey, you have to speed it up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think the pit, the pitch clock is there as a guideline, but if the if the umps are kind of ignoring it, then what's the point? But well, I, they definitely I see... didn't use it in the playoffs last year. But during the regular no, season, no, I know for a playoffs. fact that there was a clock. But I mean, while this is a great idea, twenty seconds I think is a little bit harsh. No, 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 no. Twenty seconds Maybe is an not. eternity. Like, think about it. How long does it take for the catcher to throw the ball back to the pitcher? The pitcher to One get second. set. One and then second. look look for the signal and throw the ball. Twenty seconds yeah. is plenty of time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Twenty. Seconds you know, unless you're but... there's like certain pitchers who are like known as the human rain delay who like to like walk around the mound and you know adjust their baseball hat and adjust other things and then finally they like oh maybe I'll throw the next pitch and then seven hours later the game's over. Yeah. 
But do you think this is like realistic, this rule? Like, do you think they could actually make yeah, it happen? I do. Not this year, but yeah. yes, I do think it is realistic. And what about a reverse rule? Because it's not there. But like, what about like a rule the batters can't get out of the batter's box? Well, no, that you see, this is what I'm saying. This was going on last season. There was a clock for both the pitcher and no, the no, batter. No, 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 but... I know, but I'm saying if there's a, they're saying we're going to propose a 20 second pitch clock, so they're they're putting the blame squarely on the pitchers for slowing things down, whereas the batters are slowing things down a lot too. I I think I understood this rule to be for both the pitcher and the batter, uh, even though they're calling uh, I, it a pitch clock. That's how I understood it. Maybe I've misunderstood okay. the rule. No, maybe you're right. You may be right, but it's it would be kind of difficult on the batter because the pitcher is the one that has the control although because he's got the ball in his hands no but the batter right? so can he's the one that has also. to decide so when he's both gonna of pitch. them have to be ready to the batter has to be ready to hit and the pitcher has to be ready to pitch and if got one it. of them doesn't happen like if the pitcher's not ready it's well, an automatic ball and if the batter's not ready it's an automatic strike or something you have to have a penalty no that i'm just making this up now but you have oh, to have some okay. sort of penalty there otherwise if there's no consequence for for not abiding by it then who cares can you imagine the World Series game being decided like a guy strikes out in the ninth inning because he stepped out of the box? Can you can you see that happening? No, because you know what happens in the playoffs in every sport. The officials all of a sudden become different and they don't call anything. Like look at the Super yeah. Bowl. How many pass interferences weren't called in the Super Bowl? Now, yeah. I don't want to go back and to hockey's football. Hockey's the worst. Hockey's the worst. It's almost another set of rules. Exactly. For exactly. The all right. Continue. So the next one is the expansion of rosters to 26 with a 12-pitcher maximum. Now... You might recall that on an episode of this show six months ago or something around there, I said there should be a maximum number of pitchers allowed on a roster because yeah. because in the 80s, when baseball, when I started following baseball, every team only had 10 pitchers and now they have like 12 or 13 or 14 pitchers or who knows what. Yeah. Um, and so here, I actually like the the 12 pitcher maximum, but I think it should actually be 11 and I don't think you need to expand the roster to 26 men just keep it at 25 i don't think 25 or 26 matters again this is a union thing they want another job of course um and i don't care about the number of pitchers i i think that teams can should be able to construct their roster however much you want if you're if you're a if you're an nba team what's preventing you from having uh 12 centers on your team if you're uh if you're a national hockey league team you know why can't you have why can't you have ten goal ten defensemen if you think it's going to benefit you and you know so you should be able to have as many pitchers as you want. I know here it, a lot of it is because they're everything's revolving around the time the time the games take. The mm. more pitchers there are, the more pitching changes there mm. are, the longer the I, I get it, I get it. But I mean, teams should be able to. Is is it really make a difference between eleven or twelve pitchers? Or it would make a 13? difference because you would think twice b- about changing your pitcher. I guess, yeah. And the thing is, if they have the the other rule, the three batter minimum for pitchers, they wouldn't need this twelve pitcher maximum. They they, they don't this need they don't need both of these rules. They this need, is true. They need one or the other because yeah, both of them true. are going to accomplish the same thing. Yeah. So. So continue. Yeah, the others are like you know these I, I don't even care about a study. Well, to, the trade deadline before the All Star break is one of them. That's and a little bit no early waiver. for a trade deadline. But they they want to abolish the waiver trade deadline, which I think is very smart. Yeah. There should be one trade deadline instead I, of I, this I, yeah, there one and a half one. trade deadlines that we have. Right? I agree. I agree. But I don't think yeah. it should be before the All-Star break. And then there's another one here. They're thinking of lowering the pitching mound. You know, well, I, that, that, that they've tinkered with in the past. That's nothing new. I mean, in at one point in the in the 70s, the mound was uh, – the, the pitching was so dominant. Like it, it – 
you know, Denny McLean when he won 30 games, right? What year was it? 68, 69, whatever year it was. Well, they lowered the mound shortly after that because pitching was too dominant. Um, so, I mean, if they want to rate, if they want to get more offense, then they'll lower the mound because the, the higher the mound, the little bit of advantages to the pitcher. Right. The, the other thing that you didn't talk about, which is sort of related, which I read about is to reduce the amount of mound visits that they're allowed. Oh yeah. Well, they already, total. they already did that this past season. Yeah. And now they want to reduce oh. it by even further when I totally agree with it. There should be no mound visits. Well, I mean, what if you want to take your pitcher out? Well, no, except if you want to take your pitcher out, but you shouldn't be able to go and talk to him. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm totally okay. <laughs> you know, with in it. tennis, in tennis, Serena Williams probably lost the U.S. Open because she looked at her coach. Can you imagine? Yeah. No. <laughs> here, 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 the, here. It's like you could come out and have a conference. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. Yeah. There's a, there's and a, then the stupidest, the stupidest thing that, that another rule that's going to start is that they say they're going to try this in spring training, mm-hmm. which is extra innings are going to start with a man on base. That is awful. That's disgusting. So that happens in softball, by the way, where in extra innings you start with a man on second. Um, right. But I I hate it. Oh, it's stupid. It's it's changing it. Well, it's changing the game. It's not it's not baseball anymore. You know, like it's kind of ridiculous. But again, it's because they they want the games to be shorter. They don't want there to be any more twenty two inning games, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 whatever. I guess they have reasons for not wanting the games to be longer. I understand for regular season games, there's travel and no one's watching once it's two o'clock in the morning. But you know, everybody loves to wake up the next day and say, "Oh my God, the Dodgers and Astros played a twenty-two inning game. Mm. It was epic." You know, so like you're taking away that. There's one other change that was made. I think just yesterday mm-hmm. or two days ago. Not necessarily yeah. a rule change, but there's no more disabled list. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I know it's the injured list. Correct, because disabled yeah, that's is just not politically, politically correct, correct yeah. lingo. Which is, I'm fine with that. It's probably a change they should have made. That's probably a change they should have made many years ago. When you think about it, yes, exactly. That's all I got for baseball. Me too. Other than like, I just still cannot believe Machado and Harper are not signed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. But what I are mean, they going to sign the day before the season starts? Well, I don't. Uh, JD Martinez got signed really late in the winter last year, so I think it was right around the time that pitchers and catchers reported. Right. So I mean. I can't see either of these guys not playing on a team next year. I can't see that no, happening. No, no, no. They have to be. But 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 is they, the is the Nationals offer of of three hundred million for ten years is that still on the table? Because if, I don't think Harper's going to get a better offer than that. If I was the Nationals, I would not have it on the table. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I'd I'd say sorry. You 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 turned us down. Now the offer's changed. Do you want to sign? It's going to be two hundred fifty million for nine years. That's that's the other thing, by the way. The, the the dollar amount is one thing, but the length of the contract. You can't sign a player for ten years in any sport these days because but don't no, you think no Bryce Harper is the exception? Sorry, because he's so young. Don't you think Harper is the exception because he's, he's so young? How young is he though? He's he's twenty six. Okay, so he's twenty six. So you know what they say that athletes. Their prime season, their prime year is 27 years old. And after 27 years old, whether it's hockey, baseball, football, basketball, that's when they start to decline. Now, okay, Tom Brady's an exception, whatever. But, yeah, yeah, he's but, an exception um, to the million things. But so in other words, if Bryce Harper's 26, he's he, according to this, you know, you know, research yeah. that has been you have done. Two or three years of him in his prime, and then right. seven so or eight is it, where he's not. Is it worth signing him for 10 years? Well, I mean, if if it, that's what it takes to sign him, but yeah, you're right. Maybe not. 
But that's just the nature of the game, you know? Like, this is what he's looking for. So if you really want to get Bryce Harper, you got to pay for him. I don't know. Stuff happens. I mean, you remember the Rick DiPietro contract for 15 years. That was a joke. Um, yeah, yeah. And then was it Mike Hampton who signed, I don't even remember, with the Atlanta Braves or something? Um, that was also ended up being a joke. And there's there's a million examples of things like that. I, I just think signing anybody to a 10-year deal in any professional sport is uh, you're shooting yourself in the foot. In every sport, I would say at least, so I would, in every single sport, at least half the teams in every league are trying to get out of, from under a bad contract. Right. Like the Carey Price contract, not a good contract. He's playing well though, but, but, but yeah, you can't not a trade good contract. Him. No, no, but not a good contract. You know, no, but like there's a million, there's a million, there's a million, like there's a million better examples than that. There's, there's guys that are actually getting paid. I mean, Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by the Mets. Do you oh, understand yeah, this? Yeah, every year. Yeah, he gets a nice big check. <laughs> okay. Like that's the ultimate example, you know? So. All right. Well, we'll look and see where they're going to sign. I mean, hopefully they'll, it should be interesting, but I read an interesting article this week, like one of these sites, like the onion, like one of these parody websites, <laughs> which is. Bryce Harper willing to sign with Phillies if they move cities. What? Where are they going like to move to? But it's like a joke, you know. Yeah, I'll sign with you, but you got to move the franchise somewhere else, you know. Like that's hilarious. Just, just, just to show like how much these guys are asking for, you know how how great they think they are and how much leverage they think they have when they actually don't have any because soon they're not going to get paid at all. You know what? It's it's not even the players; it's their agents. And yeah, it's one it's agent agents. in particular, Scott Boris, who, you know, thinks he runs the world. But there's been some quotes from him lately, and I think he's realizing that he screwed up without saying it. Oh, really? What did he say? Well, he's kind of joking around, and he, people ask him about it, and he kind of makes he's, he, he makes these wacky quotes that really don't make any sense. It's like he's talking a leather language, and I read them. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And I'm thinking he kind of knows that, he, that his guys are screwed, but he doesn't want to come out and say it you know he's trying to like it's like damage control at this Hmm. point you know i read a thing where uh you know machado and harper have different agents and each one is waiting for the other guy to sign first before they Uh sign because they think that they'll have more leverage like machado thinks he'll have more leverage if harper signs first and vice versa but what if but if harper signs for for less then then it could affect the other guy's contract too right right? but i mean i don't know what, I don't know. What do I, you know what? This is, it's a times like these that I'm thankful that Montreal doesn't have a baseball team because this is why they couldn't compete. This is why the Expos couldn't compete for reasons just yeah. like this. The Expos yeah. would never be able to sign a guy like Harper or if they had him, they'd never be able to keep a guy like Harper. So like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams, even the, you're bringing up the Expos, but there's h- half the teams in the league are saying, what's the point right now? Yeah. There's tons yeah. of teams that are just like, we can't do that you know so all right what's your next topic i got nothing else nothing else nothing else okay well i'm just gonna go rapid fire okay all right the national hockey league this is a montreal and toronto based show and the habs are playing the leafs tonight see i didn't even know that oh my god where are you been living (laughs) uh in toronto and i didn't even know that how sad is that I think it's because in Montreal, they're making a big deal out of this game because the Habs are really on a hot streak. They just dismantled Winnipeg two nights ago. Mm-hmm. They're one point behind the Leafs. And and there's Habs fans that are having, you know, like delusions of grandeur a little bit. So I think they the, the game, I think, means a lot more to the Habs fans than it does to the Leafs fans. The Leafs fans are like, yeah, yeah, we're great, whatever, you know. But I don't know. should be interesting. So here's the thing. This is, this is what I... 
I've been concerned about all season long. Right now, the Canadians are in a playoff spot. Um, yeah. And the trade deadline is coming up. And I don't really like the trade deadline because I remember that year where the Canadians thought they had a, a chance and they made like, I don't know, five trades on the trade deadline day. And all five of the guys they acquired were guys that A, I've never heard of and B, are not currently in the NHL anymore. Right. Like that defenseman they got from the Kings and then a few other guys that I've never heard of. You, you, I think you remember the season that I'm oh, referring yeah. to. Oh, yeah. They got a whole bunch of big bodies. Yeah. Right? They were, yeah. All, they were all like seventh defensemen and fourth liners. Right. And, and, and they made it seem like, oh, like we improved our team so much and then they lost in the first round, I think. Yeah. So I don't want the Canadians to go and mortgage the future to make any trades at this deadline. I certainly don't want that to happen. It appears that they're not going to do that. Okay. Bergevin has stated many times that that's not the plan. Although, you know, as they get closer to the deadline and if the team keeps winning, maybe he's going to change his tune a little. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to stick to his guns. He's not. He's going to try to improve the team if he can on the cheap, you know, without giving up much, you know, by getting another fourth liner or a seventh defenseman, right, for nothing. Mm. But they're, they're not making a big splash and trading draft picks and prospects. They're just not going to do that. Because you know that all these teams that make deals at the deadline, you know, yeah. and I think last year, I think 15 different teams made a trade at the deadline. Yeah. Only one of them wins the Stanley Cup. So the other 14 yeah. all screwed up. Yeah, and most of the time, uh, that big, big move that you make doesn't really always help. Right. Like, the, the team that ends up winning the cup probably would have won the cup anyway, even if they didn't make that trade. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, last year, or two, when when the Penguins won the cup two years in a row, I don't remember them making any big splash at the deadline. And the Capitals last year won the cup. I don't remember them making any big splash at the deadline. As a matter of fact, the Penguins have often made a big splash at the deadline, and the years they have, they fizzled out in the playoffs. They didn't do anything. A lot of times, it disrupts the chemistry of your team. You know, right? So well. I really hope that he doesn't mortgage the future. If anything, I don't think if will. anything, I'd be thrilled if he like ended up getting rid of a veteran um, who's at the end of his career. You know, that a team thinks, oh, we just need this one guy to get us over the hump, and adds yeah. like a draft pick or a prospect. That I would like. Are Leafs fans excited? Are they happy about that Jake Muzzin trade? Or they're thrilled about it. You don't understand. They he's are like the, the the fan favorite in Toronto now. This guy. Oh brother! I mean, he's he's okay. Yeah. I mean, I never thought he was that good. I mean, he's okay. Yeah, but I think you know? he's now automatically one of their top two defensemen because they well didn't, he is they didn't I mean, have they, anyone really great to begin with. Well, Ron Hainsey was playing on their first pair the whole season. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, but now they have Jake Muzzin, who's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good, but I mean, he's not a game breaker. I always get but, Ron Hainsey and Hal Gill mixed up. No, totally two different players. But, but know, they both played on the Canadians. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Muzzin's a good acquisition because they, they just need some stability on their defense. That's like what they're lacking, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so whatever. should provide some of that. With, yeah. all, with all the hype about the Leafs and how good they were going to be this year, and now you're telling me they're only, what, like two points ahead of the Canadians? One. One point ahead of the Canadians. I mean... So does that mean that's that seems like a disappointing regular season for the Leafs? I, I realize there's still a couple months to go, but how exciting would it be for both cities and for this podcast if the Leafs and Habs uh, played in the playoffs? So actually, I, I think we'd have to do an episode every day. We might, but here's what I want to say: the Leafs, as good as they are, they cannot beat the Bruins. So what the no. Leafs are hoping is that somehow the Canadians play the Bruins in the first round and the Canadians eliminate the Bruins, thereby the Leafs not having to face the Bruins. This right. is what the Leafs are hoping for. Right. All well, defense. It could happen. It could definitely could happen. Um, I can't see 
anyone in the East beating Tampa, though. I can't really see it. I can't see it either. But you know how the NHL playoffs are. I Anything happens. Right. Anything, Once the playoffs you know I mean? start, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, they're great. I mean, but we've seen we've seen teams dominate the regular season. How many years did the Capitals run away with the, the first place overall, mm-hmm. right? And then fizzle out. Mm-hmm. So, but the Tampa is, look, I've said it a million times. Mm-hmm. Tampa's team is unbelievable. Yeah. Right? They really are strong top to bottom. They've got they've got a defenseman in Hedman who who can play thirty minutes a game and dominate. They've got a great goalie. They have offense from all over the place. Goal scores like crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, Stamkos is not even like the focal point anymore. They're so they're so like the offense is so balanced. They've got all kinds of ways to score goals. You know? I'm interested to know how many of those guys on their team were drafted by their current general manager or drafted Most, or, almost all of them. I think almost the whole team. So that tells me that that GM, is it Steve Eiserman still? He stepped down, but yeah, he's the one that drafted all the guys. I mean, is he a genius or is he just lucky? Because, well, you know, you hear about all these other first round draft picks that never amount to anything. And here yeah. Tampa's got like a roster full of good players. Like they are two or even three lines deep on that team. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at just like their their scores, Kucherov, Braden Point, Stamkos, Hedman, those guys were all that's their top scores. They're and, all drafted and, and by Vasilevsky. Team, right? You haven't even mentioned him. Well, that's their goalie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's they're all homegrown team. They've all come up together. You know, so the National Basketball Association. Do you want to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline? I I know, like, we lifted the NBA ban to talk about James Harden, but. Uh, I know you. Don't. I can see you're making faces. We won't talk about it. No, no, All no. I, want no, to no, say, no. We, I only we, want to say one sentence no, about we, the we NBA can talk trade about deadline. It. I only want to say one sentence about the okay, NBA trade, trade deadline. The NBA trade deadline, <laughs> the trades that happen in the NBA, and everything that happens off the court in the NBA, mm-hmm. are is much better than the games. A hundred percent. It's it's by far by far the most entertaining league in terms of everything that goes on around the players, the drama, the stories. Of the trades and all that. it's it's fantastic. It's like a soap opera. A hundred percent. Honestly, and the and the media are such like they, they're part of it, right? All these reporters that follow the NBA, they're they're feeding into this whole thing, right? Like and it's much better than the games, you know? The Anthony Davis to the Lakers thing is just amazing. I just love it. I love following it. I love listening to everything about it, reading stuff about it. And did you hear this whole thing about how basically the New Orleans Pelicans basically are just giving the middle finger to the Lakers by like leaking fake trades and then the reporters are running with them and now all those guys in the lakers are all like that's why they lost by 40 points the other night because they're all like oh my god we're all about to get traded like it's 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 pretty interesting (laughs) the whole thing's pretty interesting yeah the the nba has been like this for a long time where where the stuff that happens off the court is way more interesting than on the court and i mean yeah this it's not just now because it's the trade deadline like in the summer you're gonna hear things about oh "Oh, what's gonna where's this guy gonna go to what team's he gonna play on next year and then you're even hearing about things like three years ago they were talking about where's lebron gonna play and and where's kevin durant gonna play and like this guy's contract expires three years from now and he's gonna sign with the lakers and this guy's contract expires two years from now and he's gonna sign with the knicks and like it's 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 hilarious it's but it goes to show how much power the players have in that league right anthony davis has a year and a half left on his contract right he has a whole season next Mm -hmm. year and he come out and said you better trade me and by the way i'm only you can only trade me to the lakers this is what this is what's happening. Well, good for good for the Pelicans for giving the middle finger, and I'm glad that they yeah. didn't trade him. 
I am glad too, just because you know who wants to see him go play on the Lakers. But like when you see what they were offering, well, it's all rumored. Who knows if it's even true? Right. right. Like they're basically giving their starting five and a first round draft pick for him. And by the way, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis's dad, he should just shut his mouth. For, for, He's just making things worse. For making a yeah. comment like, my son will never play for the Celtics because of how they treated Isaiah Thomas. First of all, they didn't even treat Isaiah Thomas poorly in any way, shape, or form. Well, all they, they did was all him. they did was what they traded him, right? They, yeah. They traded yeah. him for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I would have traded him for Kyrie Irving also. So, me too. So, so, so would every other GM. So in the don't league, tell right? me that the Celtics treated Isaiah Thomas poorly. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, Dad, shut your mouth because now you've just made it harder on your kid. Well, because he wants him to only go to the Lakers. And the reality of the whole thing is the Celtics have the are in the best position to offer the Pelicans what they want, this guy, not the Lakers, right? This, this guy, his dad, like he's yeah. just a notch below LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball's the best. He came out this week and said, the Lakers gave my son a losing attitude. The Lakers gave your son a losing attitude. Magic Johnson, one of the greatest winners of all time. Your coach is Luke Walton. His father's a Hall of Famer. This guy was the assistant coach of the Golden State Warriors, right? (laughs) Like when they won the championship. But like, oh, but but the Lakers are giving my son a losing attitude. Yeah, okay. Gotcha, LeVar. Gotcha. By the way, what other sport do you hear about the players' parents talking it's on twitter crazy. or being on television shows like this is insane it's is, is this a professional sports league or what you know what they say it goes back to the the uh nba on nbc from the 1980s nba action it's fantastic but it's really not the action it's off the court action hilarious right? and like i have friends in new york that are big knicks fans right so porzingis got traded yes, right yeah and when I first saw the deal, I'm like, hey, they got some decent guys back. They got Dennis Smith Jr., whatever. But then the more the more I look at it, I'm like, the Knicks are such a mess. <laughs> they traded their franchise player. Like, how many franchise players are there in in the, the league? Like, I mean, every team has their star. But, like, Porzingis is, like, one of the, what, 15 players maybe that you could say you could build your whole team around this guy? Right. Although, although so, it's like he's not a young prospect anymore. He's been in the league a few years yeah. now. So no, no, no. no. I, I get it because he's he's an injury risk and he's coming off a knee surgery and the, and the whole thing. But like, if he can get back to where he was, I mean, that that's ridiculous. Like they they just gave him away for what? They gave him away to make sca- salary cap space so they can hopefully sign a bunch of guys, right? But like, if Kevin Durant doesn't sign there and if Anthony Davis doesn't sign or whoever they want to get to come. Then they're screwed, just like they've always been. Right. The Knicks are such a laughing stock; it's unbelievable. It is I love, I love the drama around the Knicks. The Knicks franchise is the greatest because somehow Knicks fans think we're like one of these elite franchises, right? Just because the they Knicks, play in oh, New York. That's the Knicks, why the Knicks. Oh my God, the Knicks! They have this cachet. The Knicks, like they suck. They've never been good. <laughs> you know, like honestly, weren't they good when they had John Starks? They were good for a few years with Starks, Ewing, that team, you know, they made it to the finals. They always went deep in the playoffs. They were relevant. The Knicks were a relevant franchise in the, I would say, the late 80s when Patrick Ewing was in his prime and they had all these guys. But like, honestly, come on, the Knicks, like, they're not relevant. They're just not. We just spent about 17 minutes on NBA. Yeah, okay. So we're going to end the show. Before we sign off. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the Skip and Josh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, on Twitter, at skipandjosh, or by liking and following our Facebook page. Now, Josh, I have a question for you. Yes. When you come over to my house. Yes. And you want me to do you a favor. Yes. What do you say? Can you do me a solid?
Do me a solid and get me a lemonade from the kitchen. Okay, but you owe me a solid. Of course, that's how solids work. There you go. So what we're asking all the listeners of this show, if you're listening right now, myself and Josh would like you guys to do us a solid by filling out a listener survey. Um, it's It honestly will take you 30 seconds to do. It's nine questions. It will take less than a minute to do. So you can do that by going to skipandjosh.com slash survey or uh, just go to the homepage skipandjosh.com and there's a button there that says do the listener survey and you can do it. So do you want to, um, do you have anything for the end of the show now? We leave you with this. You purchased a new pillow this week and I want to hear the review of the pillow. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about too. So that's good. So we have only one thing. Yeah. So um, during the Christmas time, we redid my daughter's uh, bedroom and she got a new mattress and we were debating. I mean, if you listen to podcasts, anybody who listens to podcasts has heard the commercials for the Casper mattress. Mm -hmm. So we were debating between the Casper mattress, but here in Canada, there's a competitor called Endy, E-N-D-Y, a Canadian company making a similar product. So I went out, we did reviews and stuff and blah, blah, blah. I won't have to get into the details, but we bought the ND mattress and she loves it. And it's fantastic because it comes in a box and you unroll it and then it inflates itself and it's just this miraculous like feat of like mattress engineering, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because we like the ND mattress so much, I was I wanted to get myself a new pillow. So I did a bunch of research and I bought the ND pillow. So the ND pillow, um, again, comes first of all, it came the next day, which is great. I ordered it. The next day was at my door, which is absolutely ridiculous. It comes in like a small box also. Not not obviously like the mattress box is huge, but here it's like a small box. Like you're like, how is there a pillow in that box? Mm-hmm. Because again, the pillow is all scrunched up and they're rolled and you have to unroll it and then it kind of inflates itself. Um, you texted me and you asked me how I liked it. I said I needed a couple more nights to tell you. I really love it, and I do recommend it. Now, the reason why I love it is the inside of the pillow has, like, a memory foam. Mm-hmm. But it's not one piece of memory foam. It's tiny little memory foam chips. Mm-hmm. It's tiny little pieces. And that memory foam is surrounded by, like, uh, what I would call a normal pillow, I guess. Not a feather pillow, but, like, a gel or whatever. Like, not a memory foam pillow. Like, a fluffy kind of pillow. So you kind of have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I like it is the first night I was like, oh, my God, this pillow is too hard. It's too high. I don't know. You can unzip it mm-hmm. and unzip the middle part and remove part of the foam pieces. And they even give you a little bag to keep them in. Ah, that's smart. So you can remove. I removed two handfuls of foam chips. Tried it out. The next night, I removed two more handfuls of foam chips. So I found the right level of, you know, um, memory foam and, and height and firmness that I like and I would definitely recommend the pillow to everybody okay great well you I should get it I may end up getting it it sounds it's it, expensive I mean it's not I mean these actually these pillows it, are... it's not expensive you told me it's like with tax 90 bucks if I go yeah. to uh, sleep country also known as yeah. dormez vu in, in the province yeah. of Quebec and yeah. I and I want you know a similar pillow it's it's over a hundred dollars it is and um, some are even yeah, two hundred dollars. Right. No, the the Tempur-Pedic pillow like is two hundred. Yeah. So there you go. So it's actually not that expensive. I have one more thing before we close the show. Okay. Before we say goodbye. Go ahead. Uh, rest in peace uh, to Frank Robinson. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I like Expo fans remember him as like the kind of bumbling manager who fell asleep in the dugout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I some mean, some of those Expo older... games were kind of boring. So yeah, but. Um, 
I mean, he was when he retired, he was like only Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. and um, Hank Aaron had more home runs than him That's when right. he retired, right? So, and he's the only still the only guy to win the triple crown in both leagues, and like he's just win the MVP in both leagues. Uh, sorry, the MVP in both leagues. It's just like when you look at the history of baseball, I always think that Frank Robinson's contribution is always underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Josh, I'll speak to you next time. Yeah, talk to you next time.